0: This is The Melting Pot on WERALP Arlington, 96.7 FM. It's where we learn about Arlington through what people eat. I'm your host, Mel Chang. On today's show, I'm talking to the owners of one of Arlington's most popular eateries, Pupatella. The restaurant opened in the Blumont neighborhood eight years ago after starting out as a food truck near the Boston metro. I want to explore what goes into their famous Neapolitan pizzas. But I think you'll find the story behind the restaurant as compelling as its margarita pizza. Enzo Algrime and Anastasia Lautenberg are both immigrants to this country. He was working in an embryology lab and she was preparing to go to law school. And then a trip to Enzo's hometown of Naples steered them in a different direction.
1: Well, for us more than anything, Pocatala is just this embodiment of an American dream since we're both immigrants coming to the U.S. and just realizing how many more things are are possible here than in our home countries. For us, it was something that we dreamed about for a long time, perhaps, but weren't really brave enough to really bring to life. And then when we met, we realized that, you know, we've had this dream of having a restaurant, having our own business, and and it was just such a great coincidence that we decided that it's now or never. We're also very young. Perhaps we were a little bit foolish and a little bit naive back in the day uh, when we decided to quit our jobs and, and start the restaurant. But it really all started when Enzo brought me to Italy, to his hometown of Naples in 2006. And I fell so in love with the culture and the food and the cuisine, the Neapolitan pizza in particular, that when I had my first Neapolitan pizza in this small hole-in-the-wall place downtown Naples next to the train station, I said to Enzo, Enzo, we have to do this. You can learn. This is in your blood, in your genes. We have to learn how to make this and bring it to the U.S. and it'll it'll just make us and so many more people happy to be able to offer it to people in our neighborhood to be able to do this and it was just kind of a love at first sight for me with Neapolitan pizza but also something that Enzo been around a lot growing up and was always in him but I feel like I
0: made him a little bit more motivated to pursue his dream. Enzo did you already know how to make the pizza?
2: Yeah, I mean, I grew up in a family of cooks. You know, the restaurant's named after my grandmother, which I inspired a lot from her. She was our, our family cook, cooked for everybody. We went to eat at her house on Sundays. And I, growing up, I just always looked up to her. Loved watching her cook. Both my parents cooked professionally. And so I've always been around cooking, and I knew I loved it. But my parents always swayed me away. So that's why, you know, I went to school for medical school. They always push push me in that direction, school, school. So I always thought that was important. But truly inside I had this dream of just becoming a cook, a chef. And when I moved to the US, pizza was one of the things I missed. I mean, we ate it pretty much once a week growing up. There's pizza shops everywhere. You know, I'd go out with my friends, we'd stop and get a pizza whenever we wanted. So when I moved here, it was like that was one of the things I missed the most. For me, I thought it was a simple product when I was in Italy. But then when I moved here, I was like, how can something that I grew up with that was so simple and so good not be available here? That was one of the main reasons I thought it would be a great idea to open a pizza shop, plus what Anastasia just said about her falling in love with it, too.
0: You guys mentioned that you're both immigrants. When did you guys come to the U.S.? Uh, we both came... Um
1: Studying college when we were 18 years old. So I came in uh, 99 and Enzo came in 98.
2: Yeah, around the same time, 98, yeah. 99.
1: Yeah. So we've been here almost
0: 20 years now. And Anastasia, where did you immigrate from?
1: I actually am Russian, but I live most of my life in Kazakhstan. Although I consider myself Italian now since I've been <laughs> <laughs> around Italian culture so much. I've absorbed so much of it. How did you guys t- uh, meet? Uh, we met at a party. Actually, it was a, a party that friends
0: had. It was a, actually a Brazilian Independence Day party. <laughs> oh wow, multi <laughs> multicultural experience. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess is then is a question for both of you. What were your first impressions of food in America?
2: I mean, I really loved it. For me, American food was kind of exotic. Growing up in Italy, the only thing we ever heard of was like kind of just the simple hamburger. Yeah, when I first moved over here, I was really excited about trying new foods and being in the D.C. area was really nice that there was kind of all kinds of foods, which in Italy it was really, you know, Naples, it's pretty much just Italian food. Now times have changed and things are coming. But, you know, 20 years ago, it was really exciting to move to this area and find all kinds of cuisine from all over the world.
1: Yeah, for me as well, I was really impressed by the the variety of cuisines that Americans are accepting. For us in our countries, they have long-standing culinary traditions, and it's really hard for a different kind of cuisine or especially like something fusion or something unusual, something new to break into that tradition. People s- tend to stick to uh, what they have all their life. Well, the grandparents cooked that, the parents cooked that, the children learn to cook that. So this is um, something that's very unusual about America, how uh, people here in one single week might go out for Thai food, Italian food, Japanese food, American food, you name it. And for us as restaurant owners, this is actually also a great place to open a restaurant because people will try new things and people are not set on their ways and people are very open-minded as far as uh, different foods are.
0: Now... Because Italians, Italian-Americans have been here for so long, um, there is a big market for pizza. And so in particular, what was your thoughts about Americans' interpretation of pizza here?
2: Well, I feel like pizza is something that people use, you know, the ingredients they have around them to make a pizza. They kind of use what they had available. It's same thing with the Tynes in Italy. I mean, that's why pizza is kind of different throughout Italy, is because the Tynes like to use what's around them to make their food. So I feel like in the U.S. they used what they could find, and, and that's why the pizza has changed when they brought it over here as well.
0: But le- let's be honest. What was your first impression of Domino's? Well,
2: you know, <laughs> like growing up eating. Neapolitan pizza and then getting the Domino's, it just was a really, it was a different experience. I mean, I wasn't expecting it covered with cheese, the grease that came out of it, the type of dough. It was, you know, it was, just, it was different, definitely different.
0: And I guess let's talk about then about Neapolitan cuisine, where you're from. How would you characterize it?
2: Like I was saying, I mean, uh, a lot of the cuisine, they use things that are available for them. They stick to uh, what's around. They try to make something out of nothing. So, you know, Naples was regarded a pretty poor city. And so a lot of people didn't have a lot of money. So they would uh, use local fresh ingredients that are available. And they would, you know, maybe the meat wouldn't be even that good, but they would try to make it better by cooking it all day. Maybe they had some old veggies, but they would cook them into a stew and or make this tomato sauce cook it all day so it, it gets flavor and you know they're really inventive people and you can see that in their cuisine like they don't have that many ingredients but they have a lot of different dishes
0: and you mentioned you grew up eating uh, Neapolitan pizza once a week is that pizza specific to that region or is that sort of just what pizzas like in Italy
2: mostly that region but throughout Italy, you do find, you know, of course, other Neapolitans that move in uh, different parts of Italy. But mostly each region has their kind of style of pizza, so it is region-based.
0: But like, is the crust always thin or do do people ever do a thicker crust? Yeah, no,
2: that definitely changes through region. I mean, some, a lot of regions have a thicker crust. Naples is probably the only one that does like individual size pizzas. A lot of other places, they do it by the slice. It Mm. is like more of a pan pizza. You know, Naples is characteristic to have the wood fired oven. Some of the other regions have electric ovens. Like as you go more north, it's more of an electric oven type pizza. But yeah, throughout, it's very different.
0: I think I read that the oven you use at your restaurant is from Ashes of Mount Vesuvius. Is that right? It is.
1: It is. Actually, it goes back to what Enzo was saying about Naples being a a poorer region of the country, um, using up the resources um, that are around the area. The reason they use the volcanic ash is not because it sounds so exotic, but simply because it's in abundance in the area. And when you compress it to make bricks to build a wood-fired oven from it, it has a, a superior heat retention capability. So the oven stays hot for longer. the pizzas come out a lot faster and it's it's a, a cheap material available in the area. You don't have to use any gas, you don't have to use any electric. actually in fact the those wood-fired ovens go back to I think like a Pompeii times where that's when they when they started making uh, bread originally in those ovens. So they've been around for over a thousand years and the design hardly changed. And is that kind of the secret behind getting that perfect crust? Definitely is. You can't get that crust. Yeah, I mean, there's know, no Neapolitan pizza without that oven.
2: Yeah, I mean, the the equipment is definitely a major part in making the right, you know, the right product.
0: What's in the crust? Is it just? Uh...
2: Just flour, water, yeast, and salt. So very simple, but at the same time, very sophisticated in the way you achieve that dough. There's a whole different process. Also, my scientific background really helped me focus. Having you know that attention to detail really makes the difference. Because just like in Naples, there's 200, 300 pizzerias, but they're all different. Even though they're using the same ingredients, but it, it comes down to the master, the pizza maker that's making the pizza is going to make it different.
0: So the margarita pizza, that's sort of your signature pizza, would you say, at the restaurant? It is, it is. Actually,
1: the pizza margarita is certified by a UNESCO fund as a, as a cultural heritage, as a, as a culturally protected item that is very, very significant to the city of Naples and to Italy as a whole. We're very proud that our margarita is actually like certified by Vera Pizza Napolitana. It's um, um Italian organization that was organized with the purpose of advancing the authenticity and preserving the authenticity of Neapolitan pizza. There is a designated official that comes in and checks how we make everything starting from like the smallest ingredients like the salt and the yeast to the cheese and the tomatoes and the basil and the olive oil and um, of course the oven has to be the proper oven made from volcanic ash. Of course the the pizza makers have to be trained in the in a particular way. So it's a very important pizza for us. It, it is our our number one bestseller as well.
0: Well I was gonna ask, I mean that's amazing that there's even a certification process. But what, what else is going into that? Because there's not that many ingredients in the pizza, right?
1: It's it's not. No, it's not many ingredients. But everything from beginning to an end is, is all about the technique. I like to think that it's a, a perfect thing to make for anal compulsive people because yeah. <laughs> to manage their yeah. symptoms. Because there are so, so many things that have to be done in a precise way. And... Uh, I mean, it's a pleasure to watch really for me, especially because (laughs) it's sort of like you mix stuff, you put it aside, you mix it again, you put it aside, you mix it in another way, you again, you put it aside and all at different temperatures and mix it in a different way in different directions. (laughs) As far as what we put on top for, for pizza margarita, the cheese and the tomato sauce and the basil, and the olive oil, there's really oil. all there is that goes on top of it. The thing about those is really with the dough, you really try to do a lot of things to make it perfect, but the toppings, you really have to let them be because the, the tomato sauce is not really the tomato sauce. It's, it's just pureed tomatoes with salt. So you don't really... You, specific tomatoes.
2: Specific
0: tomatoes, right, yeah, yeah. What kind of tomatoes is it?
2: It's San Marzano tomatoes that are grown around the Mount Vesuvius.
0: So are you using it, uh, and I don't mean to be insulting, is it from a can or are you using... It's a, Yeah, we're
1: supposed to use the, the canned ones, yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we're... That's The regulation requires that. Oh. Right, yeah. Okay,
0: so you use the canned tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And then the buffalo mozzarella, why buffalo mozzarella?
1: Well, that's also one of the requirements from the Vera Pizza Napolitana. And that actually what goes in into the original margarita is the buffalo mozzarella. If you don't put buffalo mozzarella, it's not really a margarita. Buffalo
2: mozzarella is, you know, really traditional Neapolitan cheese that we have a lot of water buffaloes around the area. You know, we're a big manufacturer of buffalo mozzarella for all of Italy and now all of the, the world. So for Neapolitans, that was a cheese that was, again, was available for them. It's a really creamier and tangier, so it just gave this complex flavor to the pizza.
0: Yeah, because I noticed that I've gone to other pizza shops that will say it's a margarita pizza, but I don't think they're using buffalo mozzarella all the time. That's yeah. not true margarita then. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't,
2: that buffalo gives it that tangy and that extra creaminess. So it really puts brings the whole pizza together.
0: Now the white pizzas you offer, is that traditionally Neapolitan?
2: Uh, no, that was something that, you know, we were able to, bring our creative minds and kind of play around with it as well because we wanted to keep it traditional and offer the traditional authentic pizzas but we also wanted to be playful you know we wanted to experiment play with flavors that you know we thought we had a good palate and we thought we could create these you know delicious pizzas that weren't traditional.
1: A lot of times it was just a trip to the farmer's market that we got our inspiration from and we thought, oh, my gosh, let's make let's put figs on the pizza. Let's put, you know, fresh spinach and see see how it is. And that's a lot of what those really are. is kind of a spur of the moment inspiration. And a lot of times it's something that really uh, we made by mistake, but turned out really great. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. How are we supposed to eat the pizzas? Are we supposed to pick it up with our hands, or do you guys usually use a fork and knife?
2: I use a fork, I mean, uh, hands. But it's really, even in Italy, you see people eating with fork and knife. You see them eating with their hands. I mean, there's there's no right way. Okay. Uh, I mean, we also, in Italy, they fold the whole pizza into, um, they call it a wallet. Uh, <laughs> and it's like a pizza wallet, and they just fold the whole thing into four and eat the whole pizza while walking in the
0: street. Without cutting it. Without cutting it. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a number of starters on your menu. What do you recommend we try?
1: My favorite is the arancini with sausage. Which is? is, It is a risotto ball, and inside it has peas, tomato ragu, and our homemade sausage. It is the the quintessential Neapolitan appetizer. You basically see it sold at every street corner.
2: Yeah, it's definitely the Neapolitan street snack. I mean... it's something I loved as a kid, and I told Anastasia, I was like, if we do the restaurant, we got to offer the arancini. It was something, you know, I always used to beg my mom to make.
0: And it's uh, labor-intensive to make, right?
2: Yeah, it's really tough. It
0: takes tough. a few hours. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, but it's it's really yummy. And, I mean, I just grew up with it as a kid, and I loved it. So, And also the panzarotti, which is like a potato croquet.
0: Mm. Is that also Neapolitan?
2: That's, yeah, actually, It is definitely a traditional Neapolitan street snack.
0: So I think in my research, I was reading that um, there's a lot of pasta and seafood also in Neapolitan cuisine. Would you say that's accurate or not? Oh, yes.
2: We definitely eat a lot of pasta. I think we ate pasta every day growing up. (laughs) There's
1: lunch and dinner sometimes. I mean, there's this
2: for every day, there's a specific type of pasta. I mean, people in the US think, you know, think pasta, they're always like pasta and tomato sauce. But for us, pasta, I mean, was mixed with, you know, potatoes, with cauliflower, with peas, beans. So it was like every day, there's, you know, Tuesday's pasta and beans. Thursdays, pasta and uh, lentils. So it's it's (laughs) pasta every day. And seafood definitely for Naples, since we're like a big port city. There's fish markets everywhere. So fish is definitely a big staple.
0: Would you ever consider adding pasta or seafood to the menu at Pupitella?
2: I mean, we actually tried in the first couple years, but we noticed that people just, you know, came to us for pizza. So... We would make pastas, but they were they wouldn't really sell. You know, really? it was, maybe it wasn't that they weren't good. Well, at least we think they're, <laughs> they but good. It, but people just would come just for pizza. So we we just became known for that. And that's I feel like
0: fascinating to me because I feel like there's a dearth of really good pasta restaurants in Arlington.
2: Yeah, and I definitely, if you just had a pasta restaurant, people would go just for you know they wouldn't go there to get pizza. So I feel that's how with the mentality they're like, oh, we wanted to get pizza. Let's go to Pupatella.
1: They look up the best pizza place yeah. in Arlington, and so. they see Pupatella, and they, so they go know. for the pizza.
2: Yeah, so it was just it was kind of lost to have pasta.
1: Oh, just... man. I think, I think <laughs> our customers feel, or customers in general, perhaps, and perhaps it's subconsciously, but it's like a theory I've been developing for a while, mm-hmm. that restaurants that focus on one thing and do it well... They, they do much better than restaurants that have big menus and do many different things. I think if you focus on one thing, people will take that you are really just putting all your time, all your effort into it, and that must be pretty great, as opposed to spreading yourself on many different things.
0: But you guys did expand into gelato. Anastasia, you, you said that you make it yourself? I make the gelato. Yes, I get the milk from the farm, and I make gelato in the
1: restaurant. Um, I make it fresh. I have 12 different flavors every day. And uh, it's something that that took me a while to perfect. How Uh, did you learn how to make it? Well, really, like right now, I want to take my time and thank all the people on YouTube for (laughs) putting all the wonderful videos (laughs) to teach us. (laughs) <laughs> Who needs universities nowadays? <laughs> so there's YouTube. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, you know, I helped her. I was a big uh, taste, taste tester. So.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> now, I think I read for a while that you were offering frozen pupatella pizzas so that people could take it at home. Do you still have that available?
2: Yes, but we're actually uh, in the process of changing uh, the packaging a little bit. So there's a little bit of a setback right now. So they're not available at the store at this moment. But uh, we definitely plan on bringing them back. Something that we worked on for many years as well.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that was tricky to do because to duplicate that crust with the toppings on it to do it at home would be...
2: Yeah, so it was like a lot of experimentation. I guess, again, I think my science background helped with that as well. Anastasia and I worked hard on that and trying to get the right packaging, the right process, all of that. So we're definitely hoping to bring that back. I mean, we started it because, you know, we would go to the grocery store or people would tell us and, you know, with their kids, they want a pizza quick at night. And there was just nothing really good available to that. So we thought that that would be something good to pursue as well.
0: How did you guys decide to open the brick and mortar location in Arlington? Well,
1: for us, it was really all about that wood-fired Neapolitan oven. Uh, We really dreamed of having it. We needed to have it. We felt like with the food cart, we had a a really nice following in Arlington. And we we definitely wanted to open the brick-and-mortar location in Arlington as well because we, we did have such a wonderful feedback from the Arlington population, and the people were just so supportive. And when we found that location a couple
0: blocks down from where our food cart used to be, we signed the lease the same day, I think. Tell me about the process of creating sort of the look of the restaurant and the, and the style of the servers with the hats, or the pizza makers, I should say, mm-hmm. with the hats.
2: You know, I love hats. And being in the restaurant all day, at first I was wearing baseball caps and stuff, but then I was like, you know, why don't we kind of make it a little more fun? And and stage is like, you have such a nice collection of hats. Why don't you start wearing some of your hats to work? And then, you know, I started one day, and then she's like, oh, well, we should looks good why don't we have everybody wear them so you know that's kind of where it started just being at the restaurant and you know incorporating our personalities to it
1: and as far as the look of the restaurant is inspired by italian culture italian colors not not really in a direct way perhaps but more more in the way of just like enjoying the the bright colors enjoying the the design and making something that looks cool Without a lot of means, you know, not spending a lot of money, like you you can see in our restaurant, we, you know, we did not have millions of dollars to build out a beautiful decor. But yet we try to create something funky, something cool, something for people to look at what well they eat. So th- that was really our, our main motivation is, is, is basically just have something entertaining for, for our customers when they come in.
2: It's like a true Neapolitan style, like, you know, make something out of nothing. <laughs> and, you know, we didn't have much money, but we wanted, we still loved color and loved fun things. So we just wanted to put our personality in it.
0: And I think, though, that the, uh, the reception in Bluemont is still, and all around Arlington, I mean, people come out. And there's always a long line, always, on weekends, I feel like, for your pizza.
2: And we're very grateful, too, I mean, especially the Bluemont neighborhood. I mean, we get, you know, all of our regulars, our families that live in the area. And, uh, you know, we love them all. We've actually become friends with a lot of them throughout the years. And they've been coming since day one. So we're really grateful for that.
1: The reception really exceeded all our expectations. We are so lucky and so grateful. So what's next for Pupitala then?
2: We moved towards franchising, but we're definitely uh, just taking it slow and only going with the the franchisee that makes sense, the person that really cares. We're basically taking our time, expanding, and we want to bring good pizza to other neighborhoods, but we want to do it right and not just overdo it and do it quickly.
0: So what do you guys eat at home?
1: Well, we definitely eat our pizza at least once a week. (laughs) Uh, but other- otherwise, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a, a mixture of, um, you know, since we're both from different backgrounds, we cook different things. Uh, you know, I cook Russian things sometimes. Enzo definitely likes his pasta. He even makes pizza at home. We don't <laughs> just have pizza from our restaurant. We also make it at our house.
2: Yeah, I mean, I love baking. So we make, you know, I make pizza in the oven, like focaccia style, breads. Pastries and stuff. I mean, we have two little kids, so try to cook around them as well. Yeah. So we, is is you know, it hard getting... Chicken tenders and stuff. Yeah, things. I was going <laughs> to ask.
0: Do your, kids, do your kids have a good palate then? We like to believe so. We like to believe so. You know,
1: sometimes it's a struggle. And I think with kids, you have to be patient and um, look at the progress overall, Um you know, that slowly
2: try to introduce new foods.
1: Slowly try to introduce new new foods. I feel like we're we're achieving that. They they do eat fruits and vegetables. They <laughs> they don't just eat pizza, yeah. although
0: they wish they could. I'm sure. <laughs> <sorry. laughs> Enzo and Anastasia, thank you so much for talking to me. Our pleasure. Thank you. Today's episode featured "Foco da More" by Canzonieri, Grecanico Salentino, and "Nothing to Lose" by the Chromonauts i posted a link to Pupatella on my Facebook page, Arlington Melting Pot. You can find me there as well as on Twitter, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And thanks for listening to The Melting Pot on WERALP Arlington.